What's going on, everyone? Happy Thursday. This is episode 40 of Bet to Win. I'm Claudia Balafata over here in Boston, my co-host Joe Fan over there in Vegas. Joe, you got a lot going on, and not just from the people walking by. I guess you've had some fans today over there from from the sound of it, but a lot going on in the sports world as well. Yeah, Vegas is the place to be this weekend. It's the place to be most weekends. But we, as we were like getting ready to go, Ocho Cinco is like walking around. He's like he's working out this morning. He taps on the glass and said, "What's up?" And I was like, "You want to come?" He's like, "No, I got to go work out." I was like, "All right, see ya." Didn't even know he was here. Uh, our good friend Chad Ocho Cinco. Uh, but yeah, the NHL mm-hmm. uh, All Star Game is here this weekend, and the Pro Bowl is in Vegas. So the stars are out. In Vegas, I myself got invited to go to the NHL uh, skills competition, which I'm fired up about. Because you're a I hockey have, sharp now. I have, so, I yeah, mean. yeah, yeah, aspiring hockey sharp. I have no idea what goes in. It's like, you know, the NBA All-Star Saturday Night's dunk contest, three-point contest. I have no idea, and I will be honest, that I have no idea what goes into the NHL All-Star skills competition. But I'm fired up. I have a few beverages. Go with my buddy who works for the Knights. Uh, always, life's all about who you know. You know, so that'll be fun. I was Which, gonna say, how'd you get the invite? And I didn't, but makes sense. Yeah, I got a buddy uh, <laughs> who works for him. He's like, hey, you want to be my date Friday night to the All Star Skills Competition? I said, yes. A, big hockey guy, so all about it. And B, I'd love to be your hot date. So, um, anyways, that'll be a lot of fun. Um, which gets us, we're gonna <laughs> knock it out real quick. Our secret word of the day is stars. Get it? Because Pro Bowl and the All Star Game. Stars is the secret word. Uh, redeem your $25 free bet uh, on WinBet uh, by sending the word stars to WinBet's Twitter account. Include your email and your WinBet username. Uh, terms and conditions apply. I've had weekend. some folks actually reach out to me and, and say thanks for it, that they're having fun finding the keywords in our show. Just so giving out free money. People like it, Joe. Come on board, give everybody. The what they want. Yep. You know? Love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's, I mean, it's a packed week. It's going to be a packed weekend. Hopefully, I'll be back over there in Vegas either today or tomorrow to see some of the action. Um, it's kind of weird this weekend. I, I mean, Pro Bowl and stuff is going on, but to not have games. I keep, like, playing props for, for the Super Bowl, thinking that it's this weekend because all we're doing is talking about the game. Now, we only have one game to talk about. So, literally, before the show, I'm, like, thinking that the Super Bowl is this weekend. It's not. My, my brain's kind of all, all boggled up because of that. So it's going to be sort of an off weekend, not having any games. Uh, but we've got plenty of hockey. We've got plenty of basketball. And, of course, once football ends, we're going to get some more baseball when it happens. Um, but more NHL in here. We're going to get more NBA. We've been sort of getting back into NBA now with our winning picks. And so now let's talk about how that's been going. we got a New slate in terms of uh, winning picks. So victory lap and hold this L starting off strong for me. I'm going to go first. Uh, I had the Warriors laying six in the first half against the Rockets. They covered, they won. Honestly, unnecessary sweat. This is why betting the NBA tilts me because I shouldn't be sweating these games, especially when you have one of the best against one of the worst in just the first half. But they had a nine point lead uh, towards the end of the half. It did get a little sweaty, but. They ended up covering, and so that is my victory lap, and I don't really think I have that many L's to, to hold, Joe. How about you? Oh, I've got plenty for both of us. Um, I don't know if I have a victory <laughs> lap to take. I've won a couple no, of bets. Not that I can, I just can't. Maybe I'm just putting my L's off like in my head. I've won a couple <laughs> bets this week, some that I've put out, some that I've just bet on my own, but I have taken far more L's. That started the Ducks Red Wings over five and a half goals. Um, again, aspiring hockey sharp over here. Mm-hmm. 
all the numbers point to this being a really strong bet, at least just be in the ballpark. It didn't even sniff going over. It was one, it was a one-one pitcher's duel at the end of regulation. It took overtime to decide that one, finishing it two-one. And that's basically how it's gone. On Wednesday night, I bet on the Sixers with Embiid coming back against one of the worst teams against centers in the Washington Wizards uh, to win by six in the first half. They lost outright. They lost the game outright to a Wizards team without Bradley Beal. I was like, okay, then I'm going to hop on Nets, minus four, full game. James Harden in the lineup. De'Aaron Fox, not in the lineup. Kyrie Irving, it's a road game. He's playing. The the Kings have been atrocious without Fox. They're one of the worst teams in basketball uh, in terms of giving up points to point guards. This is going to be a big spot for Harden and Kyrie. It wasn't. It wasn't a big spot. James Harden scored four points in 37 minutes. That's so four hard. points in 37 minutes. Kyrie chipped in just 14 in 37 minutes. So in this game, they only scored 15 points in the fourth quarter. They ended up getting blown out by Sacramento. 18 points between the two. They each played 37 minutes. So that little L to hold, several of them, is really just kind of how this week has gone so far from a betting standpoint. But... uh Set up for a major comeback here as we approach the weekend. I like that positive attitude. And that is the thing about basketball, too. It's like you, you think that you've sort of found the key. It's like, all right, I'm going to stop betting these big spreads. Let me go first half with these big favorites. And then there's unnecessary sweats there. They let the bad team stay in. So then I'm like, all right, let me just do a player prop. Oh, you know, Luca rebounds. He's hit this in nine of the past 10 games. You missed by the hook. So that is betting, and no matter how much research you do, it always ends up, like you just said, <laughs> that hard and stat is absolutely ridiculous. So remember, people, this is betting. It's gambling for a reason. But I'm happy to see that you're continuing with the hockey the hockey bets. You say that you hold a lot of L's, but you also know the more volume, the higher the risk. Right, Joey? Yeah. You don't feel too bad I would that. say hockey totals are fun because like, it's fun to watch a hockey game and just like root for goals. And so... It is, um, of course. You know, I've, I've, enjoyed, I've enjoyed going that route and we will continue to try to find... My thing is like I I will I won't have anything I love and I'll be like well I'll just throw these out there just for fun and you're like they lose you're like well maybe I should yeah. do that but maybe uh, I should keep those to myself. Well, but, well I, I, you know. I do keep those to myself, but it still is a part of my bankroll that's leaving the leaving the door on the end of the night. Um, but yeah, that's true. We'll get you. there. We'll figure it out. But but yeah. Um, in addition to us getting other sports more involved into the show, we're also going to start doing sort of in the news segment because there's always so many headlines that, that are going on each week. And Joe, you and I will talk about it, but I think it'll be more fun to, to really break down these headlines. And there was no shortage of news these past two weeks. I think probably the biggest one, well, definitely the biggest one was Tom Brady officially retiring. So it came out on Twitter, as you saw with Schefter, he said, I mean, Tom Brady basically came out saying that I didn't actually officially retire yet. We all knew that it was coming. So for real, posted on Instagram, a nine-page tribute. And I just have to, I mean, I had to read it through a few times just to make sure I was reading this correctly. As you all know, I'm from New England. Nine-page tribute to his Bucks teammates, to Bucks fans, to the Bucks owners, to the Bucks GM, the Bucks head coach, all Bucks coaches, every single Buck Stopper, so like the popcorn guy and the seat guy, the city of Tampa and St. Petersburg. I mean, I'm from Florida. There was no reason he had to add that in there. Like, what about Dorchester? What about Salvi? What about all of New England? The team where you built your legacy, the coach and GM who gave you your platform. No, okay, maybe just the fans. 
right? Like, am I being dramatic here? Everyone's saying Patriots fans are being dramatic. We understand, right, that, that Brady was shorthanded. He should have had more money. He should have had more say when it came to personnel with the Patriots. That wasn't up to us, though. That was up to the fans, right? He deserved that. But we couldn't give you that as fans. If it was up to us, we would have given you the world, Tommy, right? Like, we're the ones who went out and, well, I didn't, but I know people went out and bought your Bucks jersey. We supported you this whole time. Maybe a sentence in the nine-page tribute? That's all we wanted. Am I crazy to say that? I'm fine with you maybe not. Does it does it matter that that two years ago he put out the whole post about Forever a Patriot when he signed with with the Bucks? Does that because what he's saying in this is that I'm ending my NFL career. I'm done with this competition. That right? That was first things first. And then he gets into thanking literally every human who has ever breathed but air. He, but he'd already in thanked Tampa region. But he'd already thanked Pat's fans two years ago. He said forever a patriot. He thanked the organization before he went into this two years of the Bucks. I'm just stirring the pot here because I do think. But he thanked his his trainer, his former trainer. He trained, you know, his family, his friends. It's not like his family and friends weren't with him when he was with the Patriots, you know. And maybe I don't even think I'm being dramatic, though. I don't think I'm digging too deep. And I know you are playing devil's advocate, but I'm curious what you actually do. You think, think he did it on purpose? Like Brady's a pretty calculated guy. A thousand percent. You know, and my friend's his assistant. And I really, really held off from texting him and be like, are you serious? Because I knew he probably had 5 million text messages and calls about it. A hundred percent. He has 10 different people looking at his social media. He probably said all of these things to a social media team. They typed it out for him. Guarantee you someone said, shouldn't we maybe mention something about New England? And he said no. (laughs) And then to retweet what the Patriots tweeted to retweet with a Patriot tweeted and be like, yeah, love you guys. Thanks, Tom. We love you too. <laughs> the tears I mean, of Boston I sports just, fans are they they taste but, so good. But that's the thing. It's not it's not even the tears. It's just like I don't get it. Salt like, like, the saltiness. Why salty so tears? Petty? I don't know. Oh, whatever. I kind of dig it. I, but you agree, right? I think it's a weird look to like make that to go so far out of your way, but it also makes it funny that it was like you mentioned it's a nine tweet long statement, <laughs> and he, he omitted Patriots fans altogether. So I do get your beef from my standpoint. I thought it was hysterical. Um, of course you did. I do. Tom Brady's ridiculous. I think it's it's crazy to think about his what his legacy is. He is the greatest of all time, and he will be a part of the twenty twenty seven. Uh, class NFL's uh, Hall of Fame class. That much we know. But it's amazing what the Patriots dynasty um, did for in terms of the expectations of fans around the league. I mean, it just it just changed where that bar is to something that's so unattainable. And to a to a degree, it's a it's a negative for teams because you know fans expect. Well, it's you're not successful if you have a franchise quarterback and a team that's capable of winning multiple multiple Super Bowls if you don't mm-hmm. win multiple Super Bowls because they made it look so easy. But on the other side, when you have teams that are perpetually underachieving and they point to, well, that's an outlier. The Patriots, they're an outlier. You that's never going to happen again. That was a once in in a league type thing with Belichick and Brady. Then Brady goes and wins another one with with Tampa. But it, it is amazing how trivial those two guys made dynasties seem and there will probably never be another like 
Tom Brady. Um, and the fact that he was able to go get yeah. a seventh with a different team in his first year and then finish his career with numbers that are worthy of an MVP. Now I think it goes to Aaron Rodgers, but Tom Brady, just like we would talk about Josh Allen in 2020, very much worthy of it. Um, mm-hmm. I used to be a Tom Brady hater and I, I, I very much changed my tune over the course of the last five years and just appreciated the GOAT. I mean, he is incredible. He is inevitable. And he was an absolute assassin for two decades in this league. Pretty incredible. I have been seeing that a lot. I mean, I obviously loved him my whole life until I became bitter when he went to Tampa. But a lot of people have been saying, like, the later in his career, he became a much more likable guy. Which I couldn't relate to because I never knew that what that was like. But I, I suppose Yeah, and his social media everyone... prowess helped. I mean, he's, like, legitimately kind of, like, hits you over the head with his jokes. And it's... Yeah, it's pretty yeah. funny. He's he's very good on social media. And everything is done with purpose. So when you said, "Do you think he did that?" Yeah, hundred percent. Like agree. you said, he's a social media guru now. He knew what he was doing. Let me tee up this <laughs> one. Let, let me on. make this segue though with <laughs> this because on. we talk about about things that are done purposefully, and I want to ask you: mm. uh, Do you think Bill sent those text messages to Brian Flores on purpose? This obviously. Um, the huge news in the NFL that Brian Flores is suing the NFL with class action lawsuit, claiming uh, discrimination in hiring process, um, and then also claiming that Stephen Ross offered him $100,000 per game to lose, saying, go on vacation, lose these games. Um, Stephen Ross has vehemently denied it, but the big, the big piece of evidence that is in this story that has come out are these, these text exchanges with... Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick thinking he was texting Brian Dable, now head coach of the Giants, uh, thinking that it was, uh, or said, but instead, instead sending these to Brian Flores. We've all read the text messages at this point. I'm curious, do you think Bill sent those on purpose? A little revenge? Come on, Bill, you dirty dog. No, I honestly, he, he talks all the time about how he's like technologically challenged. He said it. He has said it on many occasions. And if you know, like, if you have seen any interview with the guy, you believe him. I, I've done it before, right? I feel like everyone's done that before. And I feel as though he is the type of guy to just ha- sort of have, like, Brian NFL. You know, when you, like, meet someone at a bar and not, you're just like, Joe, bar. <laughs> and then, like, you, you text them a year later and it's like, hey, wrong Joe. I feel like that is Bill Belichick. That is who he is. Um, it would be hilarious if it, if it was... I wouldn't call it hilarious because it has sort of spiraled into this massive thing, but it makes a lot of sense coming from Bill Belichick. Maybe he just wanted to take the headlines from Tom. Who knows? Either way, you know, it's funny because everyone's going back to Belichick and saying this whole lawsuit and all this stuff from Flores, like it's Bill's fault. Maybe it's a good thing. Like, is there a silver lining in this? If there really is systematic issues within the organization, like maybe Bill did a good thing. Am, am I weird to think about it that way? Is that too optimistic? I, I think there's a world that exists that he did it on purpose. You know, you look at the different layers to it and you know, if Brian Flores is his guy and I'm assuming they have a good relationship. Um, also the whole, the way Bill Belichick texts, I did not take him for like a multiple exclamation mark, question mark, exclamation mark, question mark, type texter. <laughs> yeah. um, that mm-hmm. shocked me. Uh, I just can't picture Bill being like, da, 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 you know, I, extra emphasis on these ones. Um, 
but if if he's if Brian Flores is his guy and he thinks it's BS that he got fired by the Dolphins um, after being mostly an overachieving head coach in a situation where the Dolphins were better than anyone expected them to be for the most part over the last two years, but then also knowing that Flores had a sham interview set up with the Giants when Dable was already their guy, I think there is an element of, yeah, why not call them out? Bill Belichick is such an old head in this league that like his legacy is cemented. He's got nothing mm-hmm. to lose. He is the godfather. He is the one that, you know, puts you on the list. He doesn't get put on any lists. So I I don't, we, we might never know with certainty, but I could see a world in which that exists. Now, maybe it's not as petty as the Giants beat me in two Super Bowls. So if I can ruin them, why not? Um, but I do think to protect his boy, Brian Flores, who he probably feels like was wronged on maybe not one occasion, but two, I think that's possible. This whole thing is wild. I mean, we've we've heard about... You, wait. Go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, you're good. I'm just curious. So you're saying, do you think that maybe they were working together? And I think like, it's let's, possible. Let's set this up and release it. I think it's possible. Yeah. Mm, I think okay. if he says, hey, Bill, this is what's happening. What should I do? Um, I don't know. I, this is just my own conspiracy theory. Um, but I think it's I possible. It, it is disheartening though, when we go down this road again of, um, the inequality when it comes to hiring for head coaches and GMs, we've seen a few minority GMs hired. Um, but there's only one black head coach in the NFL when 70% of the league is black. And there's a, a huge chunk of coaching staffs that are African-American. It, it's hard to ignore to the point where you can't ignore it, that there's something going on here. It doesn't add mm-hmm. up. But it's also so frustrating because the root cause is, is has been, and will continue to be NFL owners. They are the ones the power. They are the ones who run this league. And when it comes to the league office, who comes out and says that these claims from Brian Flores are baseless and meritless, Right off the top, when you think about it, well, everyone at the league office, they work for the owners. So when mm-hmm. they make decisions like putting end racism in the end zones and these um, these displays that are in sort of symbol only, but there's no backbone to them, it just is sort of disheartening because we've had this conversation so many times. But how can you expect any real change? I mean, Daniel Snyder still owns Washington after all of the allegations and evidence has come out to systemic sexual harassment and misogyny within an organization. The same thing in the NBA with Robert Sarver. But when the, yeah. when the owners, they're an old boys club, and old boys clubs, they protect their own, it's just hard to, to expect anything different to happen. The one interesting wrinkle to this is that most people are seem to be most outraged over Stephen Ross offering to pay Brian Flores to lose because that's really one of the first times that the competitive balance and fairness of the league has been ever um, been brought into question. And so when you question that legitimacy, then everyone's outraged. And this might be an easy avenue for owners to say, oh, well, Stephen Ross, if you're going to, if you're going to, uh, taint the integrity of the game, you've got to go and it's going to cost you your team. Because I think 
it's not shocking that competitive balance is greater and more important to owners than social balance. And so it'll be interesting to see what comes of that. Yeah, you're not wrong about any of it. And unfortunately, it's like, well, obviously, I don't, I don't work in a football organization. But it's like, what is going to be the fix? You know, because they have these rules set in place to bring equality, but we still haven't seen it. And it's 2022. So really, what is it going to take? I wish I knew the answers, but I do hope we see improvement. And as far as the whole... Ross offering money thing. My my only question is, why didn't Flores come out and and say that? Because he didn't want to lose his job. I I feel like if he already felt he had, you know, there was wrong within the organ within the NFL in general in terms of. Of course, he's not going to say it he while has- he's hired. Come on, of course. As long as he's getting paid, he's going to do his best. Like, you're not going to air yeah, out I the mean- owner who's right who's signing your checks while you have the job. But if, if this is a legitimate thing and, and he has receipts and he has proof, he wouldn't lose his job. Sure he would. Ross would. Ross, no, come on. Why, the owners just like that are going to force, the, are going to force Steven Ross to sell his team. You, you even, there's no even way because this, if this would, this would ruin the integrity of the NFL. I mean, and then now you have betting and you have, there's so many things tied into this. If, but you're surprised if he didn't do it while he had his job. Money. It's weird to me. Yeah. Come on, put yourself in his shoes. You're not going to blast your owner when you're still under a contract. But think about it. He would never lose his job if he had concrete evidence of being offered money to lose games, saying the owner is mad that we're winning games. How is anyone going to be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you told us that. We're going to fire you. We're going to keep Ross and we're going to find someone else to replace you. Because the reality is know. the reality is that he would still be the scapegoat. They'd lose those games, he'd get paid, and he'd still get fired. I see what you're saying. I just as someone who's an employer and under contract, I, I can't I don't think I can put blame on Brian Flores for not coming out while he was there. But we're not we'll we could agree to disagree uh, on yeah. this one and move on to our last headline, which is the Washington Commanders now instead of the football team. What are your thoughts on the Commandos in Washington? I, the Commies. Uh, I thought it was a joke. I mean, how long did this take? 18 months, and this is what we come up with. But I, again, I don't know. I can't really think of a much better name. I think it's funny that it's like nothing really changed in terms of colors, logos. Like they still got the W on the front of the helmet. I don't know who's actually going to call them the commanders. I'm pretty sure we're all just going to continue to to call them Washington. I did see on Twitter though, which I have to ask you, Joey, a hundred dollars at 50 to one odds. Someone bet the commanders to win the Super Bowl, And this was done at a casino right where we live. So I, I just got to ask, is there any chance you put your money on the commanders? No, I don't I've, know if like the name name change. I bought in, in way too much last year. I thought they could win the division. I was sold on Ryan Fitzpatrick and Curtis Samuel. Both of those guys were either hurt or total non-factors all season long. Their defense was a major disappointment to the first half of the year. So no, I'm avoiding that bet like the plague. I will be (laughs) fading Washington, um, even if it's to my own detriment in 2022. My one big takeaway from this is that, of course, Washington botched it. Like, of course, they already have signage up in the building to where a news anchor or news news uh, company is able to zoom in and see in the windows the commander logo. Of course, it leaked. Of course, it was uh, cheesy. Of course, it was all phone. Like uh, just 
It's what you expect, and this team can't even put a stadium together that doesn't fall apart and almost kill the Eagles quarterback. This this whole organization is entire is a, is a joke, and so the fact that they botched the launch is, is no surprise. Um, before we get into the Super Bowl, let's get to this week's guest, Claudia. I was able to catch up with our guy, Nick Dayus. Uh, he's the host and founder of Blue Wire's Veterans Minimum Podcast. Follow him on Twitter, at Nick Dayus 10 He's going to be joining us as a regular contributor uh, on Bet to Win, uh, and his appearances started this week. And how are you, sir? I'm doing all right, man. It's it's cool to jump on board with this and and contribute. I know we linked up when I was in Vegas a couple months ago. That was cool to finally meet you in person. I feel like we've been Twitter buddies for a while now. Yes, sir. And uh, you're in New York. Bet to win or uh, bet to win has always been live in New York. Bet to win is live anywhere across the globe, but Win Bet is now live uh, in New York, which is big and exciting news for the old company. And so you, sir, are going to be able to uh, access you and your your cohort and your friends and everybody out in the Big Apple uh, in the greater state of New York will be able to bet on win bet starting on Thursday. Super exciting. Uh, and it's exciting. It's coming out before the Super Bowl because Super Bowl 56, the lines are open. The props are out. The tickets are there to be placed. The window is open. Nick, where are you at right now? Rams are four-point favorites. Minus 200 on the money line. Bengals plus 165 on the money line. The over uh, has been has been bet all the way down to 48 and a half. I got that back when it was at 50. I know some people who got it at 51. Now all the way down to 48 and a half. Where are you at with the Super Bowl? Um, and have you placed any bets uh, on either side yet? Well, so I got I to gotta paint the picture on this one, Joe, because I'm financially invested on the Rams from August. So that's where... That's where my heart lies on this one. Congratulations, this game, sir. Yeah. Where'd I you get that, that ticket very, at? I got it at 15 to one. Okay. We love that. Yeah. Right when, right when they signed Stafford, dude, I was just on board because I feel like he was a guy who a victim of circumstance being in Detroit all those years. I personally didn't think he was the reason for their downfall. So I jumped on board on that one early, but as far as this game goes, I think one interesting thing about the total is that you've seen in recent memory, even last year's Super Bowl going under. A lot of games in the Super Bowl tend to go under just because teams play a little tighter. Um, it's it's more calculated, not as many risks in those games. And there's been a trend of, I believe it's six of the last nine games have gone under the total. And it kind of makes sense, right? It's the biggest game of the year. Maybe there's some pressure. Well, there's definitely pressure, but there's added pressure. You're playing a more conservative approach to your game plan. I mean, we even saw that, Joe, with, with Sean McVay the first time he made the Super Bowl with the Pats. How how weird of a performance that was. But early on, man, I, I'm leaning towards taking the points with the Bengals. Okay. You're in a good spot because you can, you can take the points with the Bengals, then you have a big middle. Or you can hedge on Bengals money line at plus money. No, you're not. You don't hedge. Oh, dude, I, hedge is not in my vocabulary. Wow. We do not do that. This is great because no, no, you no. and I are very different people. This is. I, I'm loyal by default, Joe. I'm ride or die to the end. I'm loyal to my people. I'm loyal to my tickets. I'm going down with the ship if I need to. Wow, I am the opposite. So I am lucky that I have. A Bengals ticket, but I don't have the opportunity to hedge pregame because the Rams are just so expensive on the money line. So I am hoping at some point in game to get Rams around even money, hoping the Bengals take an early lead. And I will hedge because 
I want a guaranteed payday. I'm not willing to go down with the ship, but I respect you, sir. Um, that is noble. I am I am nowhere near as noble as you. Any props that you've placed so far? Oh, yeah. I immediately jumped on Cooper Cup to be MVP. I saw it at plus 550. Um, I think that's a mistake. And I know it might sound weird, Joe, because it's a wide receiver and everyone always gravitates towards the quarterbacks. But in the regular season, I would agree with that, right? There's never been a wide receiver in the regular season to win MVP. And it's probably never going to happen, right? If you look at the Randy Moss year in 07 and then even Cooper Cup this year, if those guys couldn't win MVP, then what more does a wide receiver have to do? But it's not impossible, Joe, when it comes to Super Bowl MVP being a wide receiver. Uh, we've seen Edelman do it. We've seen Deion Branch, two Pittsburgh guys, and Heinz Ward and Santonio Holmes be Super Bowl MVPs. And I just think that the line is misplaced. I feel like Cup, because of how valuable he's been to this offense, and I mean, you know, 25 catches, 386 yards, and five touchdowns in the playoffs already, nothing has changed. Teams know where the ball is going, and they still can't stop it. And I think he should be closer to plus 300, plus 350 with Burrow and Stafford. The fact that he's plus 550, plus 600 in some places, I think this is just uh, mispricing on Cooper Cup to be MVP. I like that bet. I have to go put that ticket in. I want to switch gears to the NBA real quick. Uh, I know that you enjoy betting on the association. I, I do not yet. I'm trying to, to wade into those waters and it hasn't been very successful. On Wednesday night, I placed a couple of bets. I put uh, money on Sixers, first half minus six. They lost outright to the Bradley Beal-less Washington Wizards. The Sixers at full strength, well, I guess missing Steph, uh, Seth Curry, but they had just won uh, a big game against the Grizzlies without Joel Embiid, and he was back, and, and, and not many teams get beat up by centers more than Washington. Um, and Washington wins outright. Of course they do. I was also on Nets, minus four. No De'Aaron Fox. James Harden played. Kyrie Irving played. James Harden had four points in 37 minutes. I talked about this earlier with Claudia when I was trying to summarize my wins and losses of the week. So the NBA is maddening, and you have no idea which team's going to show up on any given night. Um, give me some of your wisdom in terms of how you bet the NBA and what your process is. Dude, just be prepared to be frustrated with the NBA. Okay, uh, that no makes me feel sport, a little better. Uh, no sport, Joe, drives me crazier than the NBA because I can't tell you how many times I've taken either a player prop or if I play fantasy, something like that, or even if I take a side, right, where games lock in the East Coast at 7 o'clock, and then at 7.08, you get, oh, Joel Embiid, healthy scratch. And you're like, dude, what the... You're going to get a lot of those, right? But one thing that I like to look at is fading certain spots. Um, you know, three games in four nights, back-to-backs on the road. Yeah, there are exceptions, and sometimes teams do win that back-to-back -back on the road. But for the most part, if you like take the like Washington 100 Like the Washington Wizards games, last night, are you kidding me? <laughs> Sorry. Yes. That's just, that was my I logic. You, I went through this whole thing. I went through this whole thing yeah, with you. Yeah, that's... Uh, look, just be prepared when it comes to this <laughs> one in particular. And, and you know, the, the, the one thing that I like doing is, you know, I have a couple of rules, right? Like the three games and four nights, back-to-backs. I personally don't take players off career games, especially when they're like young bucks. So if, if like LaMelo Ball, right? Yesterday, he dropped 38 points. I think a lot of people saw that and it was against Marcus Smart and the Celtics, a team that matches up really well against guards. He's someone that I would definitely blindly 
without question, just take the under in his next game. Those are certain spots that I like to gravitate to in the NBA. I like that. What about UFC and fighting in general? Combat sports isn't necessarily anywhere near uh, my area of expertise, but it's an area in which it, it's fun in this job uh, as I pivoted from the, the beat reporting world to sports gambling and um, is you can be an expert in spots, but you don't have to be an expert in everything and you can have areas where you want to learn more. And this is certainly one where I have enjoyed watching the recent uh, UFC pay-per-views. I enjoyed watching the Wilder Fury fight. I have enjoyed doing some research into it and, and whether I bet on it or not, at least have some sort of opinion of what I'm expecting to see what, before the fight happens and then how it plays out, whether that you know marries to, to what I was expecting. Um, you are deeper into this space and this is kind of more of an area where you, I, we see the Instagram, man. We, we see the IG where you're, you're training and everything. So you're doing it uh, physically. You enjoy it from a betting standpoint. And I'm curious when it comes to combat sports, how you go about handicapping different fights. This has become my favorite sport to bet on. And one of the reasons why is in combat sports, you always hear, just in general, you hear styles make fights, right? And there are certain fighters that win in certain ways more times than not. A black belt in jujitsu, his odds to win via submission are always higher than it would be, or lower, I should say. It's more favored that it would end in a submission than his striking, right? So one thing I like doing, Joe, when it comes to UFC in particular when you have a big favorite or if you have a favorite that's, you know, minus 210 or minus 300, it's not that they're going to win. You can find great odds and great value on how they're going to win, right? And that's something that I love doing. And if you look at this fight this weekend in particular, this is a main event that I find fascinating for two reasons because the UFC always does this. There is the guy that was a title contender that has lost two of his last three fights fighting against a guy who's coming up and is has all the momentum. That's what you got with Sean Strickland and Jack Hermanson. I like Jack Hermanson as an underdog. I think the line is mispriced in this one. He is a grappler. That's his specialty. Sean Strickland is great on the stand-up. This is the type of fight that I would be betting and parlaying like this. I would take the over four and a half rounds. Remember, it's a five-round main event. And I would take Jack Hermanson to win via points because he's not your submission artist. He's not a knockout artist. He's a guy that grinds it out, steals rounds, and wins via decision. So a Jack Hermanson on points plus 450 and then the over minus 110, you know, $100 wins you 950. It's plus 950 parlay. That's the kind of approaches, Joe, I like doing when it comes to UFC. All right. I got Cooper Cup winning Super Bowl MVP. And I've got Jack Hermanson winning and then also the over four and a half rounds parlayed together. I guarantee I'm going to put those tickets in and hopefully cash with you. Um, I got a question here for you. Producers put this in. We haven't had this conversation, but I'm excited to learn the answer. Uh, why the $20 free bet to win? Oh, no, this isn't you. This is what happened over the weekend with the, all right, I misread this. This is on me. We can edit this out. I was thinking you made this bet. And I was like, I can't wait to have this conversation. I don't know how I didn't know this before. Oh, dude. Uh, if I made this bet, you think you, you wouldn't have seen it all over social media? That's Come fair. on now, Joe. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> Rerack, Nick, uh, over the weekend, someone placed a $20 free bet on the exact score in both championship games, in the AFC championship game and the NFC championship game. They both hit that $20, a free roll, mind you. 
uh, risk-free, turned into $579,000. Is that the greatest sports bet in the history of sports betting? Absolutely. That It's the GOAT, Joe. We finally found what the GOAT bet is. If you add everything into context, how could it not be, right? First of all, it's a free roll, right? How many... How many times you just get a free roll and you're like, ah, you know, I'll just put something crazy and hope it hits, right? That's usually how I approach my free rolls. But to pick not one, but two correct scores in football is insane to me. I'm a big correct score guy when it comes to soccer. Love 3-0, 3-1. I play those anytime there's a big favorites, almost by default, blindly when it comes to major tournaments. But to pick a correct score in football, not once. But twice, and you parlay them, and it's a free bet <laughs> for more than half a million dollars. Oh, don't bet, don't bet wherever they are. Congrats. Can you imagine cashing that ticket? Like when you're watching, when you hit the first one and you realize, oh God, this is a this is alive right now. This could happen. It's sort of, I mean, this is a it's a it's a 10 levels past week 18 when people parlayed the Jags to beat the Colts and then Chargers and Raiders to go to overtime when the Jags yeah. win and you say, Oh God, how'd they win? But they did. So now I can, this, this thing is alive after the first leg. I can't imagine the emotions and it gets closer and closer. And you're thinking, my goodness, this is 100% in play. Oh dude. If I was, if I would have hit the first correct score, I'm probably, I'm de no, not probably. I'm definitely cashing out. Like there's no question about it. Like, just hitting one correct score, I think, is so ridiculous in football. And then to have to wait for the second one to happen. Oh, and then I would be miserable, Joe. Could you imagine if that was you, dude? No. You hit that first correct score. I would have cashed out as well. Out. I would have cashed out as well. Again, I'm all about the guaranteed payday. I'd rather get something in the middle than hope for this and get this. Um, Nick, it's, it's a pleasure, man. Pumped to have you on. He is Nick Day. His follow him on Twitter at Nick Day is 10. The host and founder of Blue Wire's Veterans Minimum Podcast. He's going to be on bet to win each and every week. Nick, appreciate you, brother. Enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it, Joe. Good stuff there from Nick Dayas. Looking forward to chatting with him more here on bet to win uh, Claudia recapping. Uh, he has Cooper cup to win MVP, which I like a lot at plus 500. I think there's good value there. He leans outside of his Rams Super Bowl ticket that he placed back in the summer, which is always fun to go. We like futures here, um, but he likes mm -hmm. the Bengals and the points. Um, they are currently getting four at the money line. They're at plus 170. The Rams heavy favorites at minus 200 now. Um, the total has been bet all the way down to 48 and a half. Outside of the props, when you just look at this game, do you have any early leans here? Yeah, I'm not hopping off the bandwagon now, Joey. I'm going to go with the Bengals and the points. I think not much has changed from you know what I thought about them the past few weeks. The fact that they have a stacked offense, a worrisome O-line, but... Aside from that, Joe Burrow, his weapons, I never have doubt in. Worrisome defense, but I think the key to that is the fact that they're resilient. We've seen them adapt and change momentum in-game. We saw them do that specifically against the Chiefs in both games this season. So uh, my worries, I guess, have been lightened a little bit just from what I've seen in the past few games. Not so much that the O-line is really doing better either. Uh, you know, they're not allowing nine sacks, but it's almost like Joe Burrow's just getting more comfortable. It's like the bigger the games get, the more pressure he's getting, he seems to be more comfortable um, in the pocket, out of the pocket. So I feel good with Bengals and the points. And then I also sort of lean under, which I think when it comes to Super Bowl 
every year, right? It's like everyone wants to see more points and everyone likes to bet. If you're talking about the spread money line, people like to bet the underdog uh, on the money line. So those are two trends that we'll see year to year. We have seen the total go down though, and I'm still going to take the under. I got it at 49. I and I'm expecting a close game. So I know the Rams have are laying three and a half, four, four and a half now, but I think it's going to be a close game. There is a possibility that the Rams do get ahead. The Bengals have to play a little bit of a catch up. Um, but if you look at these defenses, both rank top five in scoring defense. The Rams are allowing an average under 19 a game, Bengals just under 20. And what I did when I saw the total, as well as I went to another market, which is quarterback touchdowns, and both quarterbacks, Stafford and Burrow, were both bet at one and a half. So that told me maybe the market's expecting to be a little bit of a, a lower scoring game as well. Um, maybe we'll see some more run it, more run game than we expect from these two offenses that often lean on the pass. Um, so I lean under and then I'll go Bengals with the points here. Yeah, this is, you just know that Vegas is going to be desperate for the Rams to win, but not cover because so many people mm-hmm. are going to be all in on Bengals money line because one, the Bengals are a fun team. They're gonna be fun to bet on. And I think people believe they can win, which I do as well. You do as well. And we've mm-hmm. used the logic before. If you think it's going to be a coin toss game, why not take the plus money as opposed to laying four is a lot. But then also mm-hmm. Rams money line has no value. And so you're going to see people who either laid the points or take the Bengals money line. So it's going to be expensive potentially for books either way. Um, it's just, it, it comes down to if they can get the Rams to cover or to win, but not cover. Um, I'm with you. I, I lean the Bengals here all the way. And we'll touch on this next week when we do a full deep dive. But um, given that Nick gave us a prop of Cooper Cup uh, winning MVP at plus 500, do you have any early props that you've got your eye on or maybe even tickets you put in? Yeah, I have a bunch. I know that you'll talk on mixing a little bit under rushing, but I'm going to tell you there. I also was looking at T Higgins over five and a half receptions. It was at plus 106 when I played it. We saw last week what happened when Chase had that tight coverage. I'm expecting a lot of the same here with Ramsey. So I looked at Higgins for another big game. He's had over five and a half in three of the last five. He was the second most targeted all season, but in the postseason, we've seen a lot more production from him, averaging over eight targets in the last five games. Um, I sort of think T Higgins could be an X factor in this. So I like him over catches money Mac. I went over one and a half field goals. It was at minus minus one fifteen when I got it 12 for 12 in the postseason. He hasn't missed an attempt since week 16. He's had seven straight. He's at in eight of his last 10. So those were two I liked. And then I'm looking at uh burrow over attempts as well. I'll dig into that a little bit more next week, but I got it over 36 and a half. I know he burned me on the passing yard the last game, even though game script should have been in my favor, but he did go over this attempts. He's hit it in four of the last five. Um, and what I do often when I see one prop, I'll look at another to see how they correlate. So his yards prop is set at 277 and a half. Outside of two games, every time he's gone over that number this season, he had a seven, 37 or more attempts. So I like Burrow over attempts as well. Yeah, I love all of those. I think T. Higgins is a great call when you think about what he just did in the AFC Championship game, but also what's ahead for Jamar mm-hmm. Chase in the Super Bowl. Um, you touched on, we're both on Joe Mixon under 60, 64 and a half rushing yards at minus 115. He's gone under this total in six of his last eight games. And I'll just bet on a Rams defense that just held Debo Samuel and Elijah Mitchell to a combined 46 yards. Pretty simple play there. And this one at plus money feels like a no-brainer as well. At plus 135, you can get both kickers 
to have a field goal made over 35 yards. So if in our heads, we're already thinking under and maybe a more defensive mm-hmm. battle than compared to a shootout, each kicker in the playoffs has hit a 35 plus yarder in every game. So if these teams were, if you bet on Matt Gay and Emmy McPherson in all three weeks, this cashed all three rounds of the playoffs so far. Yeah. The Bengals are a woeful three of 11 in the red zone throughout the playoffs. I know the red zone for the most part, unless you're at the 18 or 19 is going to be inside that 35 uh, yard field goal attempt range. But again, it just goes straight. The Bengals are not finishing drives well. Um, and then I think the Bengals defense has been the expert in end game adjustments and defensive coordinator uh, Lou Anarumo has been tremendous and he deserves a ton of credit. And if you can keep Patrick Mahomes out of the end zone in not one, but two separate second halves against the chiefs, mm-hmm. I have faith in them getting a stop or two bending, but not breaking at least on a couple of drives and forcing Matt Gay to kick a field goal. 35 yards is not that long. So a plus 135, I think that's huge value. I love all of it. And man, just imagine the Bengals weren't having struggles in the red zone in this postseason. Every time it's like, I almost get nervous, which sounds weird because we've been so hot on this offense, but it's like once they get in the red zone, I'm just not expecting much, which is unfortunate. Hopefully we'll see something different this time around. Uh, so those are a few good props, which if you head over to win bet, you'll find those. And Joe and I have been having a lot of fun with the build your own bet feature. And it really is a good time. There's so many different options, especially with the Super Bowl coming up. Um, you got same game parlays, including all the props we mentioned and much more. So we're going to give you even more. If you put together a parlay, you can win, lose, or push as long as it has four legs or more, $20 or greater on the WinBet app. Thursday through Monday only. That's the only caveat. Do that. You'll receive a $10 free bet. It's a great deal we got going on. Go check it out, winbet.com, or download the WinBet app for official rules and details. And I'll probably put a few of those together, Joe. I feel like we got a lot of options. Even right it. there, we we put together a pretty good build-your-own-parlay. Yep. Let's get into winning picks. Like I mentioned, clean slate this time around, new month. Uh, I got a hoops pick. What do you got? Yeah, I'm also uh, uh, on the NBA. Uh, tonight, I've got the T-Wolves and the Suns, a Moneyline Parlay at plus 114. Both on the road, the T-Wolves at Detroit, the Suns at Atlanta. T-Wolves are four and two over the last six. Their only losses are to the Suns and Warriors. They're fourth uh, in effective field goal percentage and fifth in free throw attempts rate, or free throw attempt rate over the last 10 games. The Pistons are three and seven over the last 10 and they're dead last in opponents' uh, free throw rate or free throw attempts rate over the last ten. Um, and then the Suns are ten and zero in their last ten. They've been absolutely on fire. They got DeAndre Ayton back. The Hawks have been pretty good, but I think the Suns can match up with anyone. They're deep. They can play defense. They stretch the floor. They've got guys who can create. Chris Paul has been an absolute star uh, over the last month. Talk about longevity in terms of what Tom Brady has done. The point guard Chris Paul has been um, still one of the best in the NBA. Um, and the Hawks give up more assists to anyone than, uh, sorry, the Hawks give up more assists to point guards than any other team in hoops. So I think if you look at a a Chris Paul assist prop could be a a good play as well, but T Wolves Suns money line parlay at plus plus one fourteen. Good options there, Joey. Best of luck to you. I'm going to go to Kings warriors and warriors lane 13 and a half. You know, I'm staying away from the back door. So I'm going to go with the total here. Under 222, this opened at 221 and has gone up. 
I really do like the under here. So the Kings, just for the first time in the past four games, scored more than 104 points, finally breaking a seven-game skid. I don't have much faith in their offense to get rolling tonight. Sure, they might have a little bit of momentum. I'm not expecting a ton. But now they're facing the Warriors, who lead the league in points for a game allowed and defensive efficiency. Not a good matchup for the Kings here. And then the Kings' defense is going to have a tall task against the Warriors' offense, who's leading a seven-game win streak. We have seen some improvement from the Kings' defense and points allowed over the past few games. They've kept opponents to an average under 107 points in the last three. Again, this will be a tall task with the Warriors' offense, uh, but I do like the under 222 here. Love it. Good stuff. Hoops, baby. All right. Infuriating well, Joey, to bet, be but we'll, we'll find our way. It, it is. We are, we're trying to figure out what works. You know, the I've been backdoored on full game, first half. Luca let me down on props. So let's go with the total. See how it works out for me. I love it. All right, y'all. That's episode 40. Thanks for tuning in. We will catch you guys next weekend, next week, next Monday. Have a good weekend. <laughs>